The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the third episode of She Talks Health. And this is your host, Sophie Shepard. We're here on Voice America on the Health and Wellness Channel. Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. And I want to humbly welcome each of you to this incredible episode we have for you today. Um, In this episode, we'll be talking about the journey of finding the underlying issues that are causing infertility. But first, I wanted to open up the conversation to... The, the biggest thing that we're all thinking about right now, which is this pandemic we're in and the COVID-19 situation. I know I am here in Jacksonville, Florida with my mom. She's sitting across from me right now and we're figuring out the whole workstation from home thing. And my dad's here and my partner is also here in the other room. And we actually decided to get out of New York City because it has one of the highest populations of the a virus right now and we just felt like we would be better off down in Florida so we actually took a 13-hour drive down to Jacksonville uh, over the weekend which was pretty exhausting and I was definitely doing everything I could to support my immune system during that time and I think even for us health practitioners this has been a really challenging time there is a big call for us to stand strong and be leaders in this uncertain time when people are really stressed out and I wanted to open up the conversation to Anna and maybe see what she's doing also to support her health. And I guess I'll start too by telling you guys what I've done and and then hopefully that's going to help you as well. So for me, the, the basics, the fundamentals of health building are key. And if you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, go back to episode one where we talked about it with Reed Davis. And we're talking about diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and strategic supplementation. And so for me, getting three good meals with nutrient-dense foods has been really, really important. Getting eight hours of sleep and moving my body. And then starting my day with some sort of breath work or meditation. Now, that might sound like a lot, but we are home. So now is actually the time when we can invest more time into our health, perhaps and create those really beautiful boundaries so that when we come out of this on the other side, we have those in our our toolkit. So that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I want to also say that no one's perfect, even me. I had a really tough day yesterday. And you know what I realized? (laughs) I was having a breakdown because I didn't sleep. (laughs) I was... I didn't drink enough water and I didn't have a good good enough amount of food. So those things can really help ground us back down. So before you run out to the store and and buy every single supplement off of the shelf, just come back to the basics. And with that, I'd love to um, have Anna come on and and tell us what she's doing. But before we do, before I introduce Anna, I want to properly introduce Anna with her amazing bio because... Oh my gosh, I've been so excited for for her to come on to the show. So Anna Saucer is the founder of Inspired Fertility Pro and Cycle Power Summit. And after seven long years of struggling to get pregnant, she had surrendered to the idea that she may never have children. 
Anna was determined to support other women and couples faced with the same infertility challenges. And during her 13-month internship to become a certified fertility care practitioner, she actually became pregnant with her first child. In this episode, we're going to be discussing her own journey and what you can do to investigate the root causes of infertility, as well as the best recommendations on diagnostic tools and charting. So with that, Anna, please welcome to the show. And how are you doing today uh, with the, the COVID-19 and just in general? I know you have a big family. And how are you doing? Hi, Sophie. It's great to be here. Oh, my gosh. It, um, yeah, this is, this is a really, really challenging time. Um, it was interesting. I mean, personally, for our family, um, as you know, we'd been in Asia for the last eight or nine months. And um, kind of finally decided or finally realized that we needed to get back to the West while we still could, just realizing that we don't know how long this is going to last, right? And we don't have pieces that last forever. So within the last like eight days, um, we flew across the world with two little kids and then um, actually settled down in Baja, California, Mexico to kind of ride this out. So over the last week, I've been, I mean, it's interesting you bring up what are we doing to take care of ourselves because honestly, in the last couple days, I've just been, you know, hit that point of exhaustion um, because not only are we doing this, just the stress of what is going on in the world and what do we expect and how does life look like? Um, you know, what does life look like right now? Um, but also settling into a new house. Um, we, we've, been, we've been digital nomads, so we don't have much stuff. So we, we found a house. We're, we're stocking up on supplies. So and plus with the Cycle Power Summit, I feel like I'm full speed ahead on two different launches, you know, like a life launch and, a, and an online launch. Um, and it's so easy to forget to take care of myself first. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing and just being honest and real with where you're at. I can't imagine being in Asia when all of this started. And obviously, you know, there was a lot of news coming out about, you know, flights not being canceled and not being able to get back into the States. And actually, I'll be super honest that Anna and I were supposed to do this uh, a little bit earlier. We were, we were going to do a pre-record because she was in Asia, so she, she wouldn't be awake at the time. But we ended up having to reschedule it for today because um, she was dealing with all of this. And just the amount of stress, I think, that this has caused it, it, on everybody. Everyone has a story of what this is doing, how this is affecting you. It might be affecting you financially. It might be affecting you and your family or, you know, you're sick. So I'm just getting chills even thinking about it. And, and thank you for being vulnerable enough to share how challenging this has been for you. And I hear you. I, I kind of got to the point of exhaustion yesterday as well. Um, my partner's father died a couple weeks back and... You know, it's just been a crazy whirlwind of, of stress. And um, <clears throat> a couple of things that I've been really grounding into are essential oils. If anyone's into that, I, I don't know if that helps you, Anna, or if you have another thing, but breathing essential oils and, and really trying to watch my caffeine intake have been really crucial for me to manage my stress. And then I think just having an outlet, you know, getting on these calls and talking to people about what's going on has been really, really helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And fortunately, before all this, I had implemented, I, I find them very simple habits, but so powerful for me. Just first thing in the morning, I drink two glasses of water before any food and any coffee, you know, because I used to have coffee first thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know that makes a huge difference for me just to do that first thing in the morning um, because I know I'm going to get some water in. So that's a habit that I've continued forward, um, added some, like you mentioned, some additional like, immune boosting supplements. 
um, that I have been doing. And um, trying to get that sleep back in it with two littles, that's already a struggle, but I do the best I can. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And um, I love that. I also do the, the water in the morning and, and just those, t- those tiny little things that we can do for ourselves really make a big difference. And I guess it's a really good transition, actually. You mentioned your two little ones. So I know you are now pregnant. You were pregnant twice after having massive amounts of infertility. And I know that that's, that's not uh, uncommon. I, I've seen studies from the CDC uh, showing that one out of seven couples have trouble conceiving. And I know that many couples are spending thousands and thousands of dollars in IVF to get pregnant. It's between ten dollars and $15,000, I think, to do IVF. And that doesn't even include some of the medication, let alone what's happening to your body hormonally. And I know, you know, as a, as a, as a functional nutrition practitioner, I definitely support women with their menstrual health often. And there are so many opportunities to support fertility by working on identifying the root causes of issues and by doing root cause testing and supporting your body with diet and lifestyle changes. So it's just an honor to have you here because I know you've been through all this firsthand. And I wonder if you could maybe start by describing what those seven years were like for you when you were trying to get pregnant. Yeah, and that's interesting. And I I was going to say, Sophie, let's talk about the emotional side first, because I've been reflecting a bit, especially in the last couple of days of, I started thinking, wow, this, something about this living in this time feels a lot like going through infertility mm. because it's so big um, and it's so all-consuming and it affects every area of your life. Um, and it's really easy to forget to continue living. You know, mm. when <clears throat> going through that struggle, um, just the constant, you know, every month at the negative pregnancy tests and if you're going through some fertility treatment um, uh, even even in a restorative way, there still may be ultrasounds, you know, regularly to see what's going on with ovulation. You still maybe um, have a whole bunch of supplements or things that that you're taking. So there's a lot of um, of things to do throughout each cycle that it, you can't really forget about it. You know, it's just constant reminder of this is my whole focus, and um, that was definitely a struggle for me. It was always, you know, I'm so grateful for my husband who was always the one who made us keep living because my initial what what I would have a tendency to do if an opportunity for a trip would come up you know or we wanted to go on a vacation or we wanted to run a marathon or something it was always well what if I become pregnant you know what maybe we shouldn't do that you know we should try to do it later um but his response was always well then we'll change it you know then we can cancel it because it's so easy to forget to continue living, to forget even to just laugh. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it would be with, with the kids, like, as we're trying to get everything stocked up and I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to find time to work and where to work and um, to not forget to just happen to do and a lot of similarity there in, in the emotional process. Yeah. And you cut out a little bit at the end, but I think we, I think we get the, the gist of it and I can really relate to that too. I, I haven't struggled with infertility yet or, or you know, yet, yet or, or that's not been my forget to stop living story, but going through Hashimoto's and SIBO and IBS and so many chronic illness, I think anyone who's, who's suffering with chronic illness can really relate to that. And as a woman, I think we want to 
nurturer and <laughs> take care. And so we're, we're very careful. And so, yeah, you do, you stop, you stop living and you're, you're living your life around one central thing. And even that is causing massive amounts of stress, which we know can be a leading cause for infertility. So it's interesting how we kind of end up in this loop. And, and I was going to ask you, it's interesting. I was going to ask you if this was similar for you as well during this time. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. And in those seven years, I mean, you must have tried a, a lot of different things to get pregnant. Um, what what did you try that was or wasn't successful? And, and could you explain those types of things and, and why you went down those different paths? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my everything looked normal um, on paper. My cycles looked normal. And initially, when we we started trying to conceive and then it gets to be three months and six months or um, I'm not sure exactly when we went to the doctor uh, initially, but in the beginning, usually it's the response of, okay, well, you know, start um, having sex every other day, you know, during this time and and continue doing that for a while. Um, And then we tried some Clomid. That's usually the next thing. Um, And we, in, in mainstream medicine, there's not a whole lot in mainstream fertility um, care. There's not a whole lot more after that until going to IVF or IUI or, or another assistive reproductive technology. Um, but we just weren't comfortable with that. We in, we we both felt like that was too much of of a taking, and we really wanted to understand what was going on. Um, and so, I finally then I heard about a restorative reproductive medicine approach that in which you learn to to chart your cycle in a very in-depth way which then can be used as a diagnostic tool by a doctor who knows how to read that um, to really dive into identifying those underlying causes so some of the first things when we learned to chart using the Creighton model and I worked with um, Dr. Patrice who is trained in Napro technology, which is a type of restorative reproductive medicine. Um, and one of the first things she did was had me do hormone profile throughout my entire, almost the entire cycle. So I went for blood work every other day for about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Days. Wow. <laughs> but it gives you an incredible map of what's going on and then compares it to the norm and what's supposed to happen because. A lot of people or even a lot of doctors will take blood work on one day of the cycle and that is their you know baseline for is your progesterone estrogen normal or not. Mm-hmm. But those two hormones, they, they follow a curve in a very particular relationship to each other throughout the entire cycle. And if it's off in one, you know, it might be normal in one place, but off in another place. And so that way you can really dive into a targeted supplementation you know a natural supplementation of that particular hormone so through that process we learned that my progesterone um, started to rise in the second half of the cycle but then dropped off dramatically mm-hmm. so that was not working right mm-hmm. the, the next thing that she did was um, an ovulation uh, yeah to, to assess ovulation so an, an ultra, ultrasound panel where once, you know, according to my charting, when I started to get close to ovulation, actually she did an ultrasound every day. Then for the next three or four days, I went into wow. her office and an ovulation. So she could watch the growth of the follicle and when ovulation happened, because 
every ovulation is not created equal. You can have an early ovulation or a late ovulation, uh, which it definitely affects the, uh, the ability to get pregnant, right? So what we learned through my ultrasound series is that I was actually not ovulating at all. My follicles would grow and grow to the right size, would not release that egg. It mm. would actually continue to grow then um, and then at some point disintegrate. So, you know, just having an answer, wow, I, I may have never ovulated in my entire life. And it's, that, that's called luteinized unruptured follicle syndrome. Wow. So, Wow. Yeah, that's a great, but that's great. And there's so much to dive into here. And I want to back up for people who don't necessarily know all these terms. So, well, first of all, that's incredible that you and your husband kind of leaned into the emotional side of things again and, and decided what was right for you without judgment of other people. It's just about what's right for the couple and what what kind of approach you want to go through and that you found this kind of reproductive, restorative method through charting and really in-depth charting and that you found a doctor that could really help you because that that's the missing piece a lot of people don't get is having a, a doctor who really understands this and will go the extra mile to do this extra blood testing and ultrasound. And for anyone who's listening and, and doesn't really know about the cycle, what Anna's talking about is that we have we have, we'll, we'll put it into two halves, I guess, you know, there's the, the, there's the estrogen half and there's the progesterone half, but a lot can happen in those two times. And as you, the first day of your cycle, day one is actually the first day of bleeding. And then as you get closer to ovulation, that's approximately around day 14. But as Anna showed, you know, her, her day could have been day 13, it could have been day 12, it could have been that she wasn't ovulating at all. And in order to carry a child to term, you have to have progesterone. And the only way that progesterone is created is through the cor uh, corpus luteum, which is created as a temporary gland after you ovulate. So if Anna wasn't ovulating, she then cannot actually get pregnant. And so this is crucial because there could be so many reasons why you're not getting pregnant, but the first question I think uh, that I always ask as a practitioner is, are you ovulating? And because um, I see a lot of women who come off of birth control, for example, and they're not ovulating for a while and they're not sure what's going on. And that's really common coming off of the pill. So there's a lot of reasons why you, you could be um, having infertility issues. So I hope that helps explain it. And, and I don't know if there's anything else that I missed in that explanation that you want to add into. But my next question for you was really, I think you got you you trained to be a fertility care practitioner and then you got pregnant right it wasn't you got pregnant and then you did the fertility care so can you explain that and if i missed anything in my explanation please feel free to add in as well yeah sure no we and just the, the one interesting part of as you're asking people are are you ovulating um the interesting thing for me was you know on, on paper everything looked like i was ovulating normally but without doing that ultrasound series um to really know what was going on, we would have continued down the process to assume that I was actually ovulating. So this is, is a fairly rare, um, uh, you know, phenomenon that happened. But understand that we somebody's ovulating um, unless you actually see it on ultrasound. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And so what inspired you to become a fertility care practitioner? 
And we have about five minutes to break. So we'll start with that. And then when we come back, maybe we could talk about what things actually ended up working for you to get pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. So it, just diving into all of this knowledge, I, um, I just had started to have the overwhelming feeling like every woman needs to know that this is available. Not only that the, the charting is a useful diagnostic tool for problems with infertility, but also other underlying issues of women's health concerns, but also as a method of natural family planning. You know, for, for women and couples who don't want to be on birth control or use an IUD, it, as I was learning more about the charting method um, for my own purposes, I was also learning that it is a very effective tool to use, you know, on the other end of things. And I thought, wow, women just really need to know that this is an option for them um, on both ends of the spectrum. And so um, at the time, I really was doing a lot of soul searching of what, what do I want to do with my life? You know, what is my thing? And that just really came up as something really important that I wanted to share with, with women around the world. Wow, that's incredible. And I can't wait when we come back from break to hear more about um, what that, you know, what that all entails. And I know from my experience, I work probably on the other end of things, as you mentioned, I work a lot with women who may not be right now looking to get pregnant, but they might be looking to come off the birth control pill, or they're having a lot of hormonal issues like PMS and PMDD, or even endometriosis or PCOS, or just the symptoms of various things that are kind of keeping them back. And this is one of the the most powerful things that women can do is learn how to chart their cycle. And I think also to get in line with your body, right? And work and move and eat with your cycle and really understanding what that looks like. I'm actually next week, Dr. Beth Westy is coming on to talk about how we can kind of optimize our nutrition throughout our cycle. But I think this is just an incredible starting place because without it, we don't really know where we are in the month. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we have, um, you know, we, we can look at it as a blessing or as a curse, but I choose to look at it as we just have this beautiful flow that, that changes how our, um, you know, how we think, how we behave and how we feel throughout the cycle. And we can either fight it or we can embrace it. And I think when we can <laughs> embrace it, each different part of that cycle can truly become a superpower uh, when, when we really understand what's going on. Absolutely. This is the basis of so much of my work. And, and women, you know, we're, we're, we're taught that our, our period is the main event. You know, I think ovulation gets the back burner when ovulation is such a huge part. And the truth is, is that we are very different women throughout the month. And we get to live in that and, and actually use that as a superpower, as you said, to, to leverage how we think, how we work, who we interact with. And, all of that kind of gives us a leg up. I think there's a, a field of people who think that you know hormonal imbalances make women weak because they associate it with emotional instability. But when you understand why those emotions might be coming up at certain times of the month, you can really leverage that, prepare yourself and go you know, into work or wherever you are with a sense of calm and insecurity. So I just, I love that. And, uh, and I can't wait to hear more, a little bit more about what it means to be a fertility care practitioner. When we come back from the, from the break, we'll be talking to Anna about what that means and also her, her journey through um, getting pregnant, what actually ended up working, and then talking about her amazing online summit, the Cycle Power Summit, that's coming up in just a couple of weeks where you can learn more about how to be empowered through your cycle. So I'm super, super excited for that, Anna. Um, we're going to break in 30 seconds, and we'll come right back in a couple minutes. And really looking forward to that. 
Yeah, I think also like you were talking about, um, Sophie, when, when we're in tune with that, you, you also can intuitively know when something's off. Mm-hmm. We, we really become in tune. Okay, this is how I feel during this part. And this is what's normal. And wait a second, you know, something else is going on here now. Absolutely. And with that, we'll, we'll head to break. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world book your health discovery call today by going to shetalkshealth.com are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion pain and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues sophie shepherd founder of she will help you go from symptom ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to she talks health if you have a question or comment about the show send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com that's sophie at she-nyc.com now back to she talks health Hello and welcome back. I'm here with Anna Saucer, Saucier, the founder of Inspired Fertility Pro and Cycle Power Summit. And we are talking about infertility, what causes it, what can you do about it, and how you can chart your cycle to support your pregnancy goals and also uh, her amazing upcoming online summit. So welcome back, everybody. And Anna, I was just going to ask you more about um, what it is like to be a fertility care practitioner, what that entails, and how it, it supported you in getting pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, becoming a fertility care practitioner was um, a way that I could dive in and help other women who are struggling with the same thing that I was. Um, and so I decided to begin the training. I flew to Texas for the initial um, eight days of immersive um, instruction, really learning. And when we came out of there um, truly understanding the female body 
probably more so than most OBGYNs, honestly. Wow. Um, <laughs> because we really get into the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the crypts that produce the mucus and all kinds of detail that goes into particularly creatin model charting, um, which is pretty in-depth charting method of cervical mucus observations only. And, um, and then went through a 13-month internship with a supervisor. So immediately after that initial training, began working with women um, and couples to help them learn to chart and, um, and then helping them to take that information and take it to a doctor who understands how to use that to um, diagnose and, and help them identify underlying issues. Because with that, with that, um, that map the, that the chart is, there are, there are things that we can see on the chart that indicate what issues might be present, like low progesterone, um, which is interestingly, it's super easy thing to fix, but it can, it can cause somebody to not be able to get pregnant, you know, for months or years, but simply supplementing that progesterone in the, in the post-ovulatory phase. Um, there's other signs in the, in the charting that we can see that indicate endometriosis, um, PCOS, that, that are other you know, major culprits of underlying issues of the infertility. Um, and it's important to see that infertility as a symptom of those underlying issues. There's other things going on um, in the woman's body, so we need to find out what those are in order to uh, hopefully become pregnant naturally and then also carry that pregnancy naturally in, in, in a, I think, I believe, in a, in a healthier way because we've restored the the reproductive system to it to its health. Absolutely. I love that you just said that infertility is a symptom of a, of a bigger issue. This is so true. It is. It's, it sounds weird to say it, but it, it, it is, um, right? Because there's, there's a reason why you aren't getting pregnant. And so you mentioned endometriosis, PCOS, low progesterone, which I think low progesterone is like one of the number one things I see, or estrogen dominance in relationship to low progesterone. Are there any other causes that were coming up for you that you, for you or for other people that you were working with that women should know about that were causing infertility? I think there are a, there's a whole relationship of things that can be happening in the body. Those are some of the, the uh, direct diseases, I guess you would, you know, would call them conditions like endometriosis and PCOS are very common. Oftentimes, though, if, if the hormones are misplaced, you know, or misaligned in terms of each other, that can accompany a whole lot of other issues with thyroid, um, adrenal, and all of those, which all, I don't know that we can identify, you know, one specific thing. It's almost always a, a combination of things and often a combination of things that are all affecting each other. Absolutely. I love that you said that. And I agree completely when with any hormonal issue, you know, I get a lot of questions. Well, what's this one thing that I can fix? And it oftentimes because the hormones work as a symphony, one thing affects the other. So for example, if you are under chronic stress and it's affecting your adrenal glands, you could be suppressing your thyroid and that could be an issue. And if you're, you're doing that, it's going to be very hard for you to um, have a successful pregnancy. And additionally, if you're stressed, it could be driving down progesterone and, and, and that could be another issue altogether. So I, I love that because it's kind of a full body approach to, you know, 
you, you look at the root causes, but then you have to kind of look at the whole body and what can I do to support it? And that's where kind of the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation comes into play. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. another, another big thing um, that, that uh, learning more and more about that I'm seeing doctors learning more is the quality, the egg quality, mm. and the quality of the eggs, which I believe was a big factor. I, I believe is a big factor in luteinized unruptured follicle syndrome, which was my diagnosis. Um, because if you don't have good quality eggs, you're not going to have good quality ovulation, um, and therefore can't become pregnant. And it, as far as what is the cause of poor egg quality, we're not sure. But all of those factors that you mentioned, you know, diet, stress, all these things can tr- contribute to poor egg quality. But it's something that is can be improved. Um, we can actually improve the quality of those eggs. Uh, one supplement that comes into mind is CoQ10, um, mm. which you know, a lot of the doctors are recommending for increasing egg quality. It can make a huge difference. And I did, had started a couple of those supplements myself. Now, I don't know if should I tell what worked for me? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's always helpful to, to hear. And before you do, just to one thing that's coming to mind for me as well is when we talk about follicles, it's really important to know that the follicles be really, we, the, the, the period that you have or the ovulation that you have is over a period of three months. So your your follicles can be kind of developing over three months, which is why when you work with somebody who's trying to get pregnant, it's important to really look at like the three months prior to that fertility and not just for the growth of the baby, but also for the success of the pregnancy or even just a successful and happy period. So I just think that that was interesting what you said about the egg quality. And I wanted to remind folks that it's not just about what you do the day before you ovulate. It's about the three months prior. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I I hear from all the doctors that I work with as well. Yes. We work on that for three months. Yes. That's amazing. Oh, no, no problem. She's muting herself while she coughs, everybody. <laughs> um, once she's, once she's okay. back. <laughs> Perfect. Anna, I would love to hear what, what worked for you, what combination of things you tried that helped. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Sophie, about two years before we, came, we became pregnant, um, I started going to counseling for the first time. And, you know, it had been five years of this huge struggle and... Um, I dove into that, and um, I believe working through so much of the the heart work um, and the head work uh, really contributed to the healing, to coming to a place where I could say, without completely breaking down, um, maybe we won't get pregnant and I can still have a, mm. a happy life. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I, in my own journey, I would have hated, you know, <laughs> spies people, people who would say, just relax, you know, we never want to say that, or when, when you give up, it'll happen. Um, but it's really not about giving up. It's about working through those emotions. Um, and it's about working through, okay, what, what is life? Um, life is not when this happens, you know, or, or when I achieve this, or when I get this. And so I was living my life for getting pregnant um, and, you know, believing that I would not be happy until um, I had children. And I believe that's what needs to be worked through because I need to be able to be uh, full and complete life in my own right. 
And I believe that's the gift, uh, a gift that I also want to be able to give my children, you know, if and when I do get pregnant. And so working through that, all of that emotional stuff, I believe is a huge factor in, in us achieving pregnancy. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I was not expecting you to say that. And I love that. And it, it's, again, it, it's, I can relate to this so much with chronic illness that I've been through. And you kind of take on the story of, oh, I'm, I'm infertile or I'm this or I'm that. And you lose track of what, who you really are and what, what you are on this earth to give. And part of that might be becoming pregnant or um, something else. I love that you work through that because I think trauma truly is stored in the body. There's so much work on this being done. And I love that this was part of your journey to a healthy conception. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the, um, on the physical and medical side for, for probably two years, um, we worked with this doctor because of the luteinized unruptured follicle syndrome. We, um, we did use some uh, drugs at the right timing to try and um, to make that follicle release the egg. And so, which, which necessitated a very careful set of um, just timing because we would do an, an ultrasound and we wanted to do it at the right time when the follicle was a certain size. And so we did several cycles of doing that. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And, um, and then there were whole cycles where I just needed to completely take a break from all of that, you know, because sure. the blood work and the ultrasounds and everything. Um, but we never became pregnant through that. And then, and then we reached a, there was going to be a summer where we had decided to do some traveling and I talked to, to my doctor and, and we said, okay, we're just going to take a break this, sum, this summer. But she was just starting to learn about this concept of egg quality. So this was almost, this was you know, five and a half years ago now. Um, and she said, well, can I recommend and a couple supplements that I, I'd like to try, you know, for you to take over the summer and then we'll see where you're at um, afterward. And so we get back from the summer and said, okay, we're ready to dive in again. Um, we, we went in for you know, the first cycle to work on the timing, to do the injection and all of this. And um, we actually missed the timing for the injection, but I had the ultrasound that we would always do after to see if I actually ovulated and she said, I think you ovulated on your own. Wow. <laughs> We're like, whoa, this has never happened, you know? Um, and we didn't become pregnant, but like, okay, well, we'll try the next cycle. And, um, and it, the same thing happened. We missed the right window. And it, but she said, I think you ovulated on your own. And again, she said, let's, let's not do anything next cycle and let's just see what happens. And we became pregnant completely naturally. Wow. Oh my goodness. That is so incredible. So what were the supplements that you were taking over that summer? <laughs> um, I knew you were going to ask me that and I like couldn't bring them right to mind. That's okay. Um, but I think over the last five and a half years, those particular supplements have evolved into others. Sure. Um, so one of them being CoQ10 um, and really a cellular, I'm trying to remember the name of the other one, but it was, it was more of a cellular health supplement. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, well, it's interesting because later, but I yeah, also please. made some diet changes over that summer as well. So interesting. Really low, um, if not no processed sugar, um, and gluten free as well. 
Interesting. Well, why I'm saying interesting for anyone who's listening who might not have ever kind of heard of this is that there are, like we mentioned, many reasons why you you might not be getting pregnant. But when we look at ovulation and what could be happening there, one of the things that I see often is kind of a massive amount of inflammation. And we know that diet, specifically gluten and usually dairy, are massive inflammatory foods for a lot of people. And and then in addition, you're taking something like CoQ10, which is going to support that inflammation. And so that can really help um, with a lot of things, including uh, getting pregnant, uh, which is really cool. I love hearing that and that you kind of made, you kind of looked at this holistically. You did the the medical approach, you did the diet and lifestyle changes. So, and then you did the, the cycling. So you, you've mentioned a couple of times, um, the charting, excuse me, you mentioned Creighton model. So how can women learn how to chart their cycles um, without being intimidating? I know there's a lot of charting forms out there. Can you explain the different types or why you chose the Creighton one out of it and how people can really start to incorporate it uh, maybe slowly or, or however they can do it so they don't feel that overwhelmed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the we think the first decision to make is: Are you trying to dive into using a method as a method of family planning first, or you just want to get to know your body initially? Um, if as a method of family planning, it can be extremely effective, uh, but I always recommend working with an instructor to do it that way. If you simply want to start with understanding your your body and the different parts of the cycle. Um, and creating that map, uh, you know, to to start to start understanding what your um, different changes are throughout your cycle, then you can simply pick up an app on the phone, and there are tons of them. But really, I mean, I tell somebody just grab a piece of paper. The very most basic thing you can do is start recording bleeding and mucus, and you know, and that really is the first place to start. Apps will help you to record even some more um, information there. There's the, the option to take your temperature um, throughout your cycle, which you know the temperature then changes after ovulation, so you can know when ovulation has passed. And what's cool about, about um, this too is just understanding that post-ovulatory phase when ovulation has passed, the, the post-ovulatory phase is very, very stable in length. And you can always know expect when to expect your period to the day, and some women even to the hour um, can know when to expect your period when you're when you're charting your cycles like that. Absolutely, I I definitely do that as well, and I I love that you mentioned some of the apps. I know you and I share the same opinion, which is that in order to really pro- appropriately chart, you do need to learn how to do it or work with a practitioner to teach you. You can't rely on the apps for uh, to tell you when, when you've ovulated, right? We have, to, we have to listen to our actual body. But what's great about the apps, I think you would agree, is that it allows you to kind of track everything in one central place so that yeah. you have a place to look, right? Is that your understanding yeah. and your feeling about Femtech? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, then it's just a decision of how charting is all based on the observations that you make. So how do you want to make observations? You can make observations um, completely just of a mucus. And we have cervical mucus that flows out of the body through the vagina. You can check every time you go to the bathroom and recording those patterns of mucus. Record, you can record patterns of temperature. You can record patterns of um, cervix position. You can record patterns of using a um, peeing on a stick and inserting it into a machine. It will tell you your hormone levels 
there. And so you record that data. Wow. So deciding, yeah, what different kinds of data, or some people want to record all of them and their bathroom just looks like a lab. <laughs> <laughs> um, deciding what do you want to record, what app fits with that, or what method fits well with that. Um, and do you want to use it as a method of family planning or not? And that can help make decisions about how to move forward. Amazing. And I know Creighton specifically is, is that the cervical mucus one? Mucus that's, mace, yes. That's so one mucus, you. Mucus mace method. Um, um, Billings is a mucus-based method. Marquette method is a monitor um, and hormone testing-based method. There's symptothermal method, which is a combination of mucus and um, cervix position combined with a temperature uh, observation. Wow. So there is really a lot of options. And I know I've done the temperature one a lot. um, But uh, could you tell us where people can find practitioners that could help lead them if I mean I'm assuming that you would really use a practitioner if, if it's more for family planning uh, but can you tell us where people would find said practitioners yeah it, it really depends on the method and unfortunately you know this is, this is still all fairly new and moving so quickly that we don't yet have I would love to create a centralized database for <laughs> practitioners of different methods. And right now, the, the best place, I believe, would be joining the Cycle Power Summit. And so hopefully it's okay for me to bring that up. It is. Because <laughs> we also have a Facebook group going on um, for the Cycle Power Summit. And over the next, actually the Creighton presentation is today, but right there in the Facebook group, there's going to be practitioners of a bunch of different methods talking about their particular method. Um, and how you can get started with that method. So right now, I believe that, you know, we'd love to invite you into that and help people to to find what method might be the best for them. Well, I love that. And I love that you're not kind of sticking to your only thing that works for you, that there's, there's many, there's many options. Yes. And um, I I actually didn't realize that you were having practitioners talk about all the different methods on Cycle Power Summit. So can you talk a little bit about what Cycle Power Summit is? I know Anna and I had a a really fun time a couple of weeks ago talking about, she had me on the Facebook group and we talked about the connection between gut health and hormone health. And that was a blast. And, uh, and I was just so excited to be part of this community. So tell us the genesis of Cycle Power Summit and, and how we can get involved. Yeah, I dreamed up Cycle Power Summit to get this, I mean, just really this information that we're talking about, to get it out to the world in a wider basis, because I was teaching clients one-on-one, um, and I felt like th- there was something more that can be done here. So we started this online conference, um, and I have this year 32 different sessions talking about all kinds of different things um, with different cycle charting methods and restorative reproductive health care, diving into each of those subjects. We we also have a fantastic session just talking about the history of menstrual cycle understanding um, and how that has affected the women's movement. So there's some really cool talks there. And um, as many of them, we're in the process right now of as many of them as possible are also going to be captioned in Spanish and French. Um, so we're getting that out to the world and just inviting as many people in. What, ha- what happens in a virtual summit, so this will actually be free for several days for everybody to watch these sessions. Um, and then if you want more, if you want copies of the transcriptions, if you want actually a podcast feed of the entire summit, um, there's a, a very reasonable priced premium pass that you can purchase and have access to everything on your own time. 
Wow, that's incredible. And I believe this is the first online summit for kind of reproductive women's reproductive health. Uh, there's a lot of online summits. If, if, if you guys don't know, you can just email me because I'll send you. I mean, it's like every week I get one. Oh, fatty liver and this thing and that thing. Yeah, especially and, in health and wellness, I believe. Yeah, in health and wellness. Yeah, we, we get bombarded. But I'm actually really, really excited for Cycle Power Summit because Anna has really gotten some of the best experts in the field to come together and talk about this in one place, which is oftentimes I think the hardest part for, for women who are struggling with infertility or even other health related issues to their menstrual cycle, because there's a lot of information everywhere. And so I would definitely highly recommend anybody who's struggling in some way with their, with their menstrual cycle to come and check this out. And so, and how do people find it again? So if you were at www.cyclepowersummit.com. Wonderful. You register there for the free pass. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And this is your second year doing that. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. The first one was, was uh, last year in 2019 and then decided to do it again this year. Wow. And you, and by the way, folks, just in case I want to just boost Anna a little bit more. So in addition to Cycle Power Summit, you also own another business for, um, for other fertility professionals. Is that correct? Yeah. So we run a membership site for helping um, cycle charting and uh, cycle charting instructors, fertility coaches to build their businesses, to reach more clients, to get their, um, their mission out there more effectively. So that's the Fertility Pro Business Academy. Oh my gosh. I love that so, so, so much. And there's a couple of questions I always like to ask um, towards the end of a program. And one of them is uh, if you could give, in this case, maybe two things, ladies and their partners, one tip for fertility, what would it be? For fertility. Really embrace knowing your body. Oops, you just cut, cut out, out there for a second. Okay, we're yep. back. There you go. <laughs> okay, we're back now. Okay, folks. Um, for women, it's really embrace embrace knowing your body and understanding where you are. You're particularly struggling with fertility. Is uh, are you in a place that you are yourself? And if not, what do you need to do to get you there? And I believe there's a combination of understanding what's going on physically, understanding, you know, charting your cycle and really diving into that, be embracing and being okay with those changes in how you feel and behave throughout the cycle. Maybe that's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay to need to retreat for a day or so during that, you know, week one during the period and that's okay. And then for, um, you know, for those that support that woman, for spouses, for partners, you need to understand that also so that you can serve that woman in the way that she needs to be served and those different times. And it really helps to be able to understand what's going on um, with her during those different times. I think it can just be a map for the whole relationship. Um, and then understanding the guys too, that in every 24 hour period, they kind of go through their own changes, which to me sounds exhausting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. 
Absolutely. I love that you just brought that up. Um, I'll maybe go into it a little bit deeper for anyone who's listening, doesn't know this about your cycle and about how men work. So men, men's kind of cycle their hormones on a 24 hour basis. So testosterone is the main hormone that they get and they get a boost of it with cortisol first thing in the morning around six, between six and 9am. They'll get another boost around midday and then in the afternoon. And so it's very different for women because like Anna said, you might want to retreat during your menstrual when you're on your bleeding phase. Whereas when you're closer to ovulation, you could be, you know, really talking. You could, you know, you want to be talking to everybody. You want to be presenting ideas, maybe pitching a new idea to your team. I mean, uh, I can tell in my voice, I'm closer to ovulation. I mean, I track, so I know, but I'm closer to ovulation now than I am through my menstrual cycle. So even on this program, Program, I'm trying any pre-recording I will try to do so it's not while I'm actually during the bleeding phase because that's not really when I want to be connecting um, with people and where I show up fully. So this is something like a little biohack that you can use as women to understand and we're going to be talking about that a lot with Dr. Beth Westy next week. So please stay tuned for that. And Anna, are there any, the only other thing I wanted to ask you, are there any other books or resources out there that were game changers for you before we kind of wrap up for today? It's okay if there weren't, but I'm just curious. People sometimes like to learn through reading. Yeah, I'm not necessarily in my own journey, but there's a fairly new book. And I think it was just released the beginning of 2019, Lisa Hendrickson's, Lisa Hendrickson Jack's book, the fifth vital sign. Yes. Um, we've just finally coming into mainstream medicine, understanding that the, the ovulation and the menstrual cycle is a vital sign of health. Um, just like, I mean, it, it, it's amazing, like blood pressure. Um, we can learn so much about what's going on with the health of the body. And she's just really done a fantastic job of walking that through in a very conversational, very understandable way. Um, we also have Lisa on on the summit. Um, I had a great conversation with her about the village of fertility awareness and how we can support one another um, as women in this movement. So, yes, yeah, that's a fantastic book. I would recommend. Yes, I would recommend it too. Is I actually brought it down to Jacksonville. I was looking at all my health books. I'm like, what can I bring down? Should I bring Beyond the Pill? Should I bring Fifth Vital Sign? So that's another good one. Beyond the Pill is a good one. Um, and uh, Jolene Brighton, In the mm-hmm. Flow, um, which is a new book by Alyssa Vitti, who talks about this stuff as well. So there's a lot of resources out there. And you guys know about Cycle Power Summit. So that you just go to that website, check it out. Um, on my end, I'm actually working to build a period power uh, program. It's going to be an eight to 10 week program for specifically women who are struggling with menstrual health issues and PMS. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, you guys can always check out my 10 day digestive and hormone reboot. Um, if you want to get some information on the ground, some of the stuff that Anna and I were talking about today, I go into detail as well as kind of supporting the body through diet and lifestyle. And Anna, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to to tune in to Cycle Power Summit and just thanks for waking up early and and coming on the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Sophie. And thank you for all the work that you do. Yay. Awesome. We're stronger together. Talk to you guys (laughs) next week. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.